The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Do you want to get cognitive dissonance streamed to your iPhone or BlackBerry? If so, download Stitcher free today at stitcher.com. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 182, because unlike Jake, we are still counting. And in this episode, we are actually joined by Bill and Susie from Barroom Atheist, which confused me terribly because there's two of you, but your show is Barroom Atheist, not plural. That's true. <laughs> They're just going to have to throw out the whole idea. God damn it, we got to rebrand the whole thing. <laughs> I, I was actually really confused, but I'm like, wait, but there's two of you. It's a concept. Yeah, it's, okay. it's like, it's a concept. It's not a person. Oh, okay. okay All right. Up. Have you been to a bar? Uh, I've read about them in, in, in books and magazines. I hear good things. So if you've been to a bar and you are an atheist, then you are a barroom atheist. Exactly. So, okay, there you go. It's not, a, it's not a person. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks um, for having us. Oh, yeah. We couldn't, we literally couldn't find anybody else who would agree to be on it. <laughs> This is, yeah, I know this you're really it. scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so we wanted to talk to you guys about a story from uh, Emirates247.com. Um, and this is a highly credible story. Uh, this is a gin caught on camera in Makkah ahead of Hajj, <laughs> which I love. Man, you're nailing I'm pretty it. sure I nailed the I think the you got all that. I think that's good. Um, and thankfully, they have an image on here. So this, as a skeptic, I was I was initially a little dubious, but I have to say that this image uh, won me over, and I now uh, believe in gins, which I think is made with juniper berries, but I'm not 100% on that. You know, I've seen the image, and that's not a gin. I've seen the TV show, and that's like it's been supposed to be like a hot chick in a bikini with a ponytail. Right? Isn't that well, what the gins are? Could just be wearing a. How do you know it's not a hot chick in a bikini with a ponytail just wearing a burqa? Wearing a that's burqa. true. <laughs> it is in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. <laughs> she had to cover up. She was hiding from the, the the religious police who didn't know she was a jinn. It says it's clad in white, but I think it's actually clad in uh, Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> sort of. <laughs> well, I was thinking immediately that when I saw this, I was actually terrified because that means that there's Muslim predators out there. <laughs> And that just scares the hell out of me. That actually explains the suicide bombing. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of the Predator, isn't that... 
Right. Isn't that they how have that little thing it? on their arm and they're like, doo, doo, doo. right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now that, that explains a whole lot more. My, my favorite part of this article, guys, is where it says, so in Saudi newspaper, um, said which which published the picture, said the creature could be a djinn, but did not make clear what he was doing in that place. So evidently they couldn't get him for an interview yeah. while they were speculating <laughs> about what it was. Also, you see that shape all the time in like in that area of the world. Clearly, that's not a, a he. That's a that's a she. That's what I was thinking too. It looks much like a girl. Yeah, right. right. I'm looking for the bottle that you have to rub to make the gin come out. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see that. And doesn't it, it kind of? If it was all in red, it would look like one of like the Imperial Guards yeah, from totally like uh, from Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> I love that they couldn't fucking confirm it either. It's like, what do you do? DNA testing for a gin? Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you confirm that it's a gin? Well, I I like that the paper was even willing to speculate. Like, oh, I could be a gin. You guys are a fucking newspaper, right? You do recognize that. Well, that's because they put you in jail if you say there aren't gin over there. Yeah. So you go, fuck, well, yeah, it could be a gin because I don't want to go to jail. Yeah, I would say it was a fucking gin. If I was over there and somebody's like, did you see that gin? I'd be like, I fucking see gin everywhere. In fact, you're a fucking gin. <laughs> that's how many gin I see. I see. I'd be like throwing down cards in front of them going, gin, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's crazy to think that in Saudi Arabia, um, if you don't see a gin, you'll definitely be imprisoned. And if you drink gin, you will also be imprisoned. So you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't over there. Actually, three times because you live in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and they throw you in jail, you don't notice. You're like, huh, still an awful life, so I guess I don't, it's all I don't the same. know if you've ever been. But oh, Lord, I would no. not recommend Saudi Arabia as, like, say, a vacation spot or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, spent, I spent a year there. Did you? It's just really? not fun. Not fun place. Yeah. Holy shit. Tell us about it. Why did you go to Saudi Arabia and how'd you get back? Uh, I was, how'd you get I back? Was in the, I was in the Air Force and luckily we have an airlift capability to get my ass <laughs> the hell out of there. What was life like? I'm, I'm curious. Like, what is it like? I mean, what is it? Obviously, so you were on base most of the time, right? No, actually, because I'm a contract person and my job was to go buy things in the local community so i spent a lot of time off base interacting with the populace and it was a little scary uh very weird uh, you know like going into a mcdonald's to have lunch and i had to go to the men's side of the mcdonald's wow Whoa. yeah they, they literally have a wall and there's two doors there's the family door and the men door so, <laughs> and there's not just like a women door. Like you have to go in the family door if you're just a single. Oh wait, you can't be a single. Yeah, woman you can't walk around, around yeah. if you're a single woman. So, yeah. right. And it, you know, if you're married, you can go eat with your wife and kids. But other than that, you know, basically the family door is the woman door. Wow. <laughs> it's like it's it's like for women, kids, and dudes who are slumming. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dudes go in the other door. I don't know if they serve different food over there. I wanted to go over and find out, but the folks I was with advised me against trying to walk over to the women's side. And isn't that where you experienced the wonders of medicine? Yeah, I experienced Saudi medicine firsthand. That was pretty cool. Bill had what was that like? They rub a Koran on it, or he had his appendix out. He he had acute appendicitis while he was there, and they rushed him to a hospital in Riyadh. It's 
took till about one o'clock in the morning before I finally got to my room because they're going to perform surgery on me in the morning. And, you know, I get to the emergency room about noon and you know how it goes. Any hospital takes forever. So I go into my room. It's a six person room. And I, when I walk in, there's six people already in there because <laughs> there's a dude like living there with his dad. Why? <laughs> like sleeping on the floor. I mean, he's got a bedroll and everything. And then under one bed, there's like old bandages that it looks like they had taken oh. off a dude. Oh. Oh. This does not inspire confidence. <laughs> oh. And then, you know, I, I wanted a cigarette because I'm a little nervous at this point. <laughs> so I go out and I ask the, the one nurse on the floor who speaks English. I'm like, where can I go, you know, smoke a cigarette? I'm like, I'm freaked out here. I'm half a world away from home. I just need one cigarette. And she's like, just go in the loo. Now, I don't know what the fuck a loo is. And I'm like, the bathroom. The nurse in the hospital told me just go in the bathroom and have a cigarette. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I love it. So it's like it's like 1965 in, in Saudi Arabia. Wow. I have a 1965 appendix scar. He, he really does, yeah. Is it like massive by comparison it's, to it those? It starts on his upper thigh. <laughs> they just cut around. We're, we're looking for something yeah. that says appendix on it. It goes from armpit to asshole. <laughs> And then the really scary thing was when I, in the morning when they're rolling me to theaters, it's what they call them over there. I think it's European thing. Theaters. Like I'm going to see a fucking movie, right? I'm not fooled. <laughs> rolling me in there. And they tell me my doctor is an Iraqi. Now, this is during Operation Southern Watch. And I'm like, <laughs> um, excuse me, I'm in the Air Force. He We're, might, like, bombing his home country right now. <laughs> he might get kind of pissed and take it out on me. Maybe that's why my scar's so big. Right? Maybe. Right. Wow. Yeah, well, don't worry. He trained by playing Operation quite a lot as a kid, so he's totally prepared. And that's difficult when they're dropping the bombs around you. You know, like, you're, you always touch the tweezers to the side when there's, like, a oh, big yeah, bomb Oh, that game's explodes. fucking mad hard, yeah. too, yeah, especially if you're drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> See, now I'm retroactively scared again. Thanks, guys. <laughs> now, were there any other conventions that you felt like you had to follow over there or else you would get harassed? Could you wear shorts, let's say, or something like that? Like, I don't know exactly what kind of like conventions it would be, but is there anything else that you felt like you needed to sort of fall in line with? Actually, we were given conventions because I was in the military and they didn't want us oh, to offend oh. people. Long sleeve shirts, no short sleeves. Wow. Uh, was... And actually, you know, I'll be honest with you, in that desert sun, I'm so, I'm so fish belly white anyway. I, I have two colors, white and pink. Yeah. So I was pretty cool with the long sleeve <laughs> shirts anyway. But uh, there was that. There was no religious symbols, which didn't bother me any. But um, <laughs> like, you know, I fixed were Christian, weren't allowed to wear a cross out, out in town or anything. Uh, women had to have, they didn't make them like fully gear up. But they did have to cover their hair if we had wow. a woman in our group. I think he said something about, like, if I was there with him, I couldn't drive either or something. Oh, no, like no. That. Women can't drive over there. Yeah, that's, that's a big no-no. Um, I was <laughs> couldn't, I, I, got, I did get yelled at by the religious police once because I was smoking a cigarette on the street during Ramadan. During Ramadan. <laughs> which apparently is a bad thing. Well, you thing. didn't eat it, did you? <laughs> you were just smoking it. Nothing by mouth. No gum. What? Wow. No gum. And the guys are yelling at me, and I I don't speak freaking Arabic. I'm like, uh, okay. And 
dude I was doing business with, he comes out and he grabs me, he throws a cigarette to the ground, and he starts yammering back at them and that stuff they talk. And then he runs <laughs> me inside and hides me in the back of the store. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, I'm not a Muslim. He's like, doesn't matter. Can't do Gosh. that. I'm like, okay. Wow, that's intense. So that's how I learned. Smoking counts as eating. Smoking counts as eating. Well, and that's why they're so damn bitchy during Ramadan. Because they don't get to eat or smoke? Yeah, because they're like Nick fiending all day. <laughs> well, they can't even drink, right? Well, they can't. Yeah, no, no not even water. I mean, like, not drink like drink, but like they can't even like consume water. Nope. Whoa. Yeah. Fuck, man. But, they, you know, during Ramadan over there, they stay up till like 4.30 in the morning. Like their shit will be open. Malls, stores, everything's open till like 4.30 in the morning. Oh, I see. So you fucking get your fill as... It's just cheating the fucking system, right? It's like you get your fill as much as you can until 4.30, and then you start your day, and you can't have anything when the sun is up. Right, right so you sleep yeah. till 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Isn't it, is it cool how gods can be fooled? I know. They're just so fucking... They're so backward. <laughs> it's it's, like, <laughs> these gods are so stupid. They left these loopholes in. God, <laughs> super easy. It's, what were they it's, fucking thinking? It's like in uh, in real estate, there's uh, there's like Sharia lending, um, so because they can't, they they're not allowed to charge each other interest rate or pay interest. So what they do is, let's say you want a loan, like a, a real estate loan for a hundred thousand dollars, and the rate is say six percent, and it's a thirty year loan. That's what would typically be offered. And over the course of thirty years, let's say that that would amortize out to two hundred thousand dollars. What they'll do is they'll give you a hundred thousand dollar loan. They'll charge you a fee, because a fee is an interest. You can pay fees. A fee of $100,000. And then they'll amortize the fee over the course of 30 years in installments so that it happens to come out exactly like a $100,000 loan at 6%. But all the paperwork is juggled as, it's not interest, it's just here's the thing, and then here's the fee, and then the fee, you get to pay it back in pieces. And it, it, it works exactly the same. As a loan with interest. And in fact, they use a loan with interest to build the other product, the other lending product. And I, every time I've seen one, and I've only seen a handful of them, every time I've seen one, I just fucking laugh my ass off. It's like it's like you're going to go to hell and, and you're like, no, I have the paperwork. And yeah. the guy's like, fuck, he got me. That's and, what I'm thinking. Know, he lets like, you in. Allah needs to fire his accountant. That's all right? I'm saying. Because he's fucking terrible. He can't even catch that shit. I would argue that anybody who argues for sodomy. Ask them, is there any life in the rectum? Can two women produce life? And the answer, of course, will be no. Then the ultimate goal of life is life. So this story comes from the BBC. U.S. Uh, rebuff to gay marriage uh, opponents. The U.S. Supreme Court rejected appeals against gay marriage in five states, Indiana, Utah, Oklahoma, Virginia, and Wisconsin. Um, this move increases the number of states where same-sex same sex marriage is legal to 30, plus wow. the District of Columbia. Take we, that, bigots. We went from 19 to 30, man. Like, overnight. Just like, boom. Now we're, I mean, it's that's, if there was ever a fucking tipping point decision, this right. is the tipping point decision. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, For and, sure. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know, Tom, but I think the two women in this picture are gay. I think they might be. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Certainly don't tell Brian Fisher. Yeah. they So, predictably, the conservatives are uh, up in arms. I, this is uh, So, that was the good news. We've noticed we blew right past that. Right. Um, yeah. The good news is 30 states. Right. 
And now on to the nut jobs. So um, the religious right is reacting to the SCOTUS gay marriage decision, which, by the way, the gay marriage decision wasn't even a decision. It was a refusal to hear a case. Yeah. So let's let's do that for all the like, oh, my God, the Supreme Court is a bunch of unelected judges that are, you know, deciding all the. Yeah, they just refuse to hear a case. Their refusal to hear a case meant that the lower court decisions stand. That's all that that means. So, but of course, you hear all this like, well, nine unelected judges of our country hostage, blah 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 blah, sort of nonsense. Um, so, see, so let's let's go through some of these um, uh, reactions to the SCOTUS uh, non-decision decision. Well, let's start with Brian Fisher because we think that you know when I think of idiots who speak for people who are really stupid, Brian Fisher really just takes the cake. This is the de facto Roe v. Wade of sodomy-based marriage. Let me repeat, this inaction, this decision not to decide, this action not to act, this represents the de facto Roe v. Wade of sodomy-based marriage. It's going to be virtually impossible now to stop this press and this push toward nationalizing imposing on every state in the union marriage that is based on the infamous crime against nature. Yeah, it sucks, Tom. I actually, Sarah and I got a divorce today, and I had to put a, a thing on uh, on the uh, grinder today. I had to get my grinder app for my phone because <laughs> I got to be gay now. Yeah, I I know it's it's it was uh it was the de facto sodomy decision. So like I just went out and just fucking sodomized everyone I met like all day. I was just like, hey, how you doing? And like, yeah, hey, how are you? And then we shook hands and it was just fucking sodomy all day. It was just sodomy, yeah. bro. I mean, what else? What other like what could we as independent free thinking adults? What other possible actions could we have taken? Right. Yeah. The government is mandating it at this point. The government so. actually uh, I actually sodomized the government. Yeah. Um, Is that so. why they changed their mind? <laughs> it was your sweet, sweet loving. That was it. That changed their mind. There's it. more of Brian Fisher, so let's play him. The Supreme Court today, they're trying to pretend we're not involved. We haven't settled anything. We haven't addressed this issue. It's not before us. We're not going to deal with it. We're not going to make a ruling on this. But they have made a ruling. Their decision today imposes sodomy-based marriage on 11 states that don't want it, that voted against it that have constitutional and legal protections in their states against the recognition of sodomy-based marriage. And the Supreme Court said, we don't care. Just suck it up. You're going to have to deal with it. We're going to impose it on you by our refusal to act. That's the bottom line. Supreme Court cannot dodge responsibility here. They've made a decision themselves today. The Supreme Court just imposed same-sex marriage on 11 additional states. It's unconstitutional, unconstitutional, and completely, absolutely un-American. <laughs> I would argue that it's completely American, right? <laughs> you know, the, the best because part is like it turns out America did it. <laughs> you know, like if if the Supreme Court had taken up the case and then still ruled in you know in favor of of gay marriage, so against the the opponents, then you'd be hearing the same fucking outcry, right? So it's like, well, they don't take up the case. Ah, oh, it's fucking, by not taking up the case, they made a non-decision decision and a de facto blah, blah, blah. And if they had taken up the case and they ruled in a way you didn't want, well, you know, fucking nine unelected judges are deciding the fate of the whole world, blah, 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 yep. blah, blah, blah yep. all that kind of nonsense. Nobody cares, though, when that comes to, like, 
uh, repealing parts of like Obamacare or something. You know, whatever right. it is that they do that's on their side. They're like, oh, the Supreme Court is awesome. Right. And Love then when the they Supreme do something Court. else, like they're unelected. Yeah, Hobby Lobby happens. It's like, fuck yep. yeah, dude, Supreme Court. What's up, Supreme Court? Let's party. What? Scalia in the house. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, they, they do this, and it's like, T.J. Scalia. <laughs> it's like Skrillex, except for fat and lame. <laughs> His name is just as hard to spell, too. Scalia shows up. He's got these fucking red Solo cup. He's like, what's yeah. up? He's fucking a badass at some beer pong. Exactly. Wow, that's unexpected. You wouldn't think that. You that's- wouldn't think that. Although he's got a low center of gravity, so he should be good at sports. Um <laughs> But you know the thing is, like, like it, it's it's almost like they're they're the dark knight. You know what I mean? Like when they do good stuff, they're awesome. Right, but right. Like once in a while, they do something that's a little bit, uh, and they're like, oh, who fucking had this dark knight watching the city? Vigilantes suck. You know. You know the Supreme Court really is like it's like the local sports team of politics, right? It is. It totally. You know, is. like you tune in and you're like, oh, come on, come on, local sports team, do your thing, and it's like. Sometimes they win and you feel fucking elated. You're like, ah, yes, my side. I love local sports team. And then, like, when they rule against you, it's like, I fucking hate those guys. I'll fucking set their babies on fire. Yeah. <laughs> when are they going to get rid of this quarterback? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Well, you know, the thing is, is he's he he's all up in in arms. But there's a lot more people. So let's let's get Pat Robertson here. This is from his uh, his 700 club. This is uh, the Patster talking about the SCOTUS decision. Well, I think once again, the courts have muddled the waters. You don't know. The Supreme Court has punted. Instead of taking a clear stand, there are a number of uh, circuit courts that picked up on some verbiage that took place uh, in another Supreme Court decision, and they are ruling overriding the wishes of the states. State after state after state, the voters overwhelmingly voted to protect traditional marriage. Here in the state of Virginia, for example, there was an election. The man running as a Democrat for attorney general said, I will support the laws that are on the books. That included the Defense of Marriage Act that was on the books here in Virginia by a referendum. The minute he was in office, he turned against it and uh, uh, did everything he could to undermine it. Now he's saying what a great day it is for Virginia that the homosexuals are getting married. The people didn't like that. But, you know, it's the same thing with abortion. Instead of letting the people decide, as they should have under the Constitution, it was taken out of their hands by a Supreme Court decision, Roe versus Wade. And because of that, no effort by the people has been successful ever since. And it's it's been a tragedy, as we've seen over 50 million unborn babies slaughtered in this land. I'm so glad I let it go. A tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. I think he's talking about our show, actually. He's like, what a tragedy that show is. I, you know, okay. So what I don't get is they always talk about this in, in conjunction, right, Tom? They always say, well, gay marriage, nobody wants gay marriage, and gay marriage is bad, and blah, 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 and they shouldn't have it, and people voted against it. And, um, 
abortion is bad and people don't want it and abortion is voted against or whatever if they would let it go to votes or whatever. But, you know, the thing is, is both of these things are voluntary. I know, man. Right? <laughs> both of the things. It's not like, you know, you're required to have your gay marriage or you're required to have your abortion. This isn't fucking Logan's Run or whatever, THX 1138 or something like that. This is not a fucking futuristic world wherein, you know, the government is making these decisions for you. This is just you making a decision for yourself whether or not you want to marry another man if you're a man or a woman if you're a woman you know that's all it is it's not it that that's the decision or if you want to have an abortion that's your decision you know they they regulate abortion like crazy in this country it's back and i mean like you know there's so many different places where you gotta fucking like look at the ultrasound and fucking say you really want it three times and you know like all the different things you, you gotta, gotta do name you know, it like, and then write it a fucking like, letter yeah yeah and then you gotta fucking get a college scholarship for it and stuff like or then you gotta fucking like wish upon a star that you really want it you know like all these other fucking things you gotta do to jump through all these hoops to make women just feel bad just like, you know what, we really just want you to feel bad. And the same thing here. It's like they just want other people to feel bad because they don't really want it. Well, fucking don't have one, man. Nobody's lining up to marry you, Pat. Yeah, it's it's so funny because it's like your argument so clearly doesn't hold water. If nobody wanted an abortion, then nobody would be getting abortions. Like that would be right. be fucking it. It'd be done. It's like it's like, yeah, well, fucking the country doesn't want it, but the Supreme Court's imposing it. Well, it, it, look, man, if the country doesn't want it, nobody would be fucking asking for it. So clearly there are some people that fucking want it. <laughs> you're, you're obviously mistaken. And it's also the case that, like, the the rights of minorities um, or minority groups, uh, my, numerical minorities or, or, or power minorities, um, they deserve protection, too. That's That's, that's how that works. Um, otherwise, there would be a tyranny of the majority. Um, yep. And that's something that the Supreme Court exists to protect us all from, um, because we could very well find ourselves in the minority. And I find it incredibly amusing that, you know, the bigots now are finding themselves in the minority and they don't like it and they don't have any idea how to how to place themselves in a world where they are. You know, they are the voice screaming into the void. And so they create this false narrative where, you know, hey, most of the people in the world are on my side. And it's this, you know, small cabal of liberals that are really running the show. Look, man, that's not what the polls show. That's not what 30 states now show. So you fucking lost, dumbass. There's a there's a piece here from uh, Huckabee. Now, Huckabee went went on today's issues program on American Family Association. It's like the American Family Association fucking like fucking field day here because they did not like this decision. So this is Mike Huckabee, Governor Mike Huckabee, uh, talking about some some of this uh, this SCOTUS decision as well. I'm utterly exasperated with Republicans and the so-called leadership of the Republicans, who have abdicated on this uh, issue, when if they continue this direction, right, uh, they guarantee they're going to lose every election in the future. Guarantee it. And I don't understand why they want to lose, because uh, a lot of Republicans, particularly in the establishment and those who live on the either left coast or those who live up in the bubbles of New York and Washington, are convinced that if, if we don't capitulate, on the same-sex marriage issue, and if we don't raise the white flag of surrender and just accept the inevitable, then we're going to be losers. I tell you, Tim, it is the absolute opposite of that. 
And if the Republicans want to lose guys like me and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. uh, still God-fearing, Bible-believing mm-hmm. people, go ahead and, and just abdicate on this issue. And, and while you're at it, go ahead and say abortion doesn't matter either. Right. Because at that point, you lose me. I'm gone. Right. I'll become an independent. I'll start finding people that have guts to stand. I'm tired of this. Yeah, dude. Let's see. Tell me how that's going to fucking work out for you in the two-party system. Right. Yeah, go ahead. You know? Be an independent. That, yeah. You know, throw your vote away. I, <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I look forward to people becoming independents. I'd love to see a multi-party system. I'd love to see an opportunity for huge swaths of these different parties to disappear from their current place and go somewhere else and be like, fucking, I want to be somewhere else. I want to. I, uh, you don't follow, I, our views are different enough where we need a whole nother party. I'd love to see a multi-party thing happen. This would be fucking great. I, I look forward to that happening, but I don't think it will. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you, do you think an issue like this is big enough to divide the Republican Party? He's pissing his pants right now, but he's, he's not going to go anywhere. Why would he go anywhere? He knows, this guy knows that he's not going to become an independent because he's never nobody's ever going to fucking get elected then. If they cuz basically what you're doing is splitting the Republican vote. Well, you know, it's funny because there have been people who have who have been successful as independents running in Congress or who have been part of a party and then they switched um to independent once they got elected and then they were able to get reelected as independents. Um so there's you know, there's some history of them being able to do that in the in the congressional Seats, but you know what's what's funny is that um, they have to be established politicians first. Generally, um, a lot of times they'll run on a ticket um, and then switch the last minute, but they've already kind of gathered steam. And then when they become independents, they don't oftentimes act really independently. What they act like is, you know, they're an independent, but they're really a Democrat. Yeah, you they, know, they they're basically a Democrat who votes once in a while to something else. Right. Yeah. Precisely. Um, it would be interesting if, if something like this really did split the Republican Party. Um, but, you know, I don't see it fracturing it that badly. And the reason I don't see it fracturing that badly is the fucking writing's on the wall for this issue. Um, this is not an issue the Republicans are going to make uh, political hay out of anymore. It's fucking, it's donezo, man. It's over. Like, you've got 30 states at this point. This is a settled, yeah. this is a nearly settled question. This would be the same thing as, like, being pissed off about Brown versus Board of Education. All right, last tantrum. This is Sandy Rios, and uh, she's talking about, I mean, this is a very, this is basically the SCOTUS decision, but I think she's, she's referring to some other stuff, too. I would say, haven't said this to you on this station, on this radio show, but I would say, if we don't do something, I think we're going to see, and this is radical, so stay tuned. I think we're going to see riots in the street. We're going to see starvation. We're going to see things we have never seen before. We're going to see a complete breakdown in terms of law enforcement. Uh, It's going to be a nightmare, and this will be what you are handing to your children if you don't speak up now. I'm not sure we can pull it back. But do you want to say in retrospect that you did nothing? That you just sat and watched it? You just kept going to Bible study on Thursday nights? And ignoring it? Please don't do that. Be salt and light. <laughs> Be what salt what? and light? <laughs> what are you salt talking about? I want to address the starvation thing first. Um, a man can live for three weeks to 70 days without food. 
I can live 180 to 300 days, I'm sure, guessing, yeah, yeah. without yeah. food. They could ship you to Mars, and you wouldn't have to eat the whole way. Yeah, the, in fact, actually, we've we I've I've been in some high level talks with uh, with NASA. The only problem is we don't so far possess enough fossil fuels to get my weight off the Earth. Yeah, and they they told me the reason why they bounced me is they said I might actually pull the Earth out of its rotation. <laughs> so they were like, "Sorry, if we bit you up there, we might actually actually have like a binary planetary system here that would spin around and that would be fucking just havoc." So they told me no. Actually, our geosynchronous satellites are counting on your mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It would throw the tides off. I mean, you you don't even yeah, know right. the fucking chaos that it would. Yeah, uh, starvation, like starvation, like what fucking tragedy is going to occur in the United States that all of a sudden it's like, oh man, is there any food? No, gay people are getting married. <laughs> Fuck, dude, there hasn't been food for so long. <laughs> Fucking gay people. I hate all these. Are you guys done getting It's like, what happened? Did it all go to catering? Like, did all of the food get redirected to gay weddings? I have no idea what you're even talking about at that point. Like, I really don't. I really wish I knew. I wish I knew what she was, you know, why she's so afraid. And the thing is, is like, all this is is fear mongering. Right. Right. All this is is just trying to get people to be, because... You tried to reason with them, but you didn't have any reason on your side. So that's yeah, that's not effective. And so you're like, fuck, that's not effective. Well, what do we do next? Well, we'll just try to scare them. And that's really all that religion is anyway. I mean, like, you know, it's just scaring people into thinking that they need to do something. Because if they don't, there's some punishment outside of us. You know what right. I mean? Most religions have that hell component or some sort of punishment component. So, you know, those religions use fear as a way in which to control other human beings. And she's just falling back on it by saying like, well, now you won't have to worry about it in the afterlife. It's actually going to be here. Well, where's the mechanism for, you know, like are all the farmers in the United States just going to be like, well, now that there's gays getting married, there's no way I'm fucking making crops anymore. There's no way I'm going out and planting Oh, no, you can't actually. Like as soon as you try to make food, but gay people are happy. Then you just can't. Then no food? I don't know yeah. how that works. Like, I, I can't even finish either. that maybe, maybe she'll figure it out in the second. She has a second bit here. This is, again, Sandy Rios talking about uh, the SCOTUS decision. There's a part of me that's, that's sad and a part of me that's glad that they're not taking the case. Kelly, I guess the thing I'm concerned about is ties into our the theme of our discussion, this religious freedom. It's almost become a cliche, and I don't want it to. Um, but by not doing anything yesterday... We have seen a glimpse of what the homosexual movement, and I'm not saying every single gay person listening to my voice is in this no camp. Gay people. The leaders of the movement are absolutely in this camp, and they are never satisfied. They are fascists when it comes to this issue. We have seen you know, people in business uh, threatened, whether it's cake decorators or you know, bakers or whatever. Uh, Can't think of another example. <laughs> get out of the service industry. <laughs> I love Jesus. it. Like, whether it's cake decorators or bakers. Yeah. <laughs> or people who frost cakes. Or, or, or people who or make cookies. Fondant or those del- folks who make donuts. <laughs> or the people who cater weddings with cakes. Or that one example. The one fucking example you literally can't think of another profession. 
<laughs> it's photographers, idiot. Oh my it's, god! It, it's funny because it, you know it's like it's like the two things you know, and I get it. I understand that people want to protest; they don't want to do it. It's like okay, well then find another profession. Because I can't tell my boss I don't want to do this thing. Right. You know, I won't stay in business very long if I tell people I don't do. I can't do that. Yeah, it's. I love it too because it's not like the government shut down these businesses. It's just that people don't want to buy their shit. It's like people find out like. In a couple of those places, you're right. In a couple of those other places, though, there was fines. Fines levied. Like that woman who fucking got all weepy. She had fines levied against sure, her. Sure, she couldn't pay her Washington. fines, but she was breaking a law. She was breaking an existing law. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's not like it's not like she was like, yeah, I don't want to bake a cake. And the government was like, close down your business. It was like, hey, you can't discriminate. Well, I'm going to discriminate anyway. Oh, well, then you have to pay the fine because that's how f- fucking laws work. Oh, I don't want to pay the fine. I just wanted to discriminate. <laughs> It'd be like if I, I was like speeding and the cop was like, yeah, you're getting a speeding ticket for speeding. And I was like, well, that's bullshit. I can't afford my car anymore. The government made me get rid of my car. It's like, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> the government didn't make you get rid of your car. Like, you fucking missed a car payment. It's got fucking nothing to do with me. Bed and breakfast, organi- you know, small time businesses threatened and lose because... A gay marriage has advanced, and it seems to me that the gay marriage activists, the homosexual activists, will not stop until people who object are brought to their knees. Or they just get what they they want, which is people to get married. People that love each other should be able to get married. Nobody, you don't have to go to your knees. You don't have to care. Yeah, right. And it's like, yeah, sometimes people lose. Like sometimes there's two ideas and one wins. And the other one didn't. And that's how this it, works. It's my sincere hope that every time that happens in this country, that the one that gives people more liberty is the one that wins. Yeah, right. I mean, because because to, to do less is to restrict people's ability to live a free and, and joy-filled life. I can't imagine. I really can't imagine being like, oh, man, we really have to stop consenting adults from being happy. Man, they'll fuck that up by fucking buying small dogs. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Fucking, can you imagine the fucking epidemic of small dogs and throw pillows and cardigans? Uh, right? Can you believe be- how many cardigans they're gonna own? <laughs> it's chaos. <laughs> ah, it's riots in the street. The small dogs ate all her food. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really unconscionable uh, what's going on there. I mean. And, and I, it's hard for me to even understand uh, people that, you know, think like that. And, uh, I mean, it's the ultimate intolerance. <laughs> all I want to say to all the people that we played, though, Tom, na 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 boo Yeah. You got 20 states left. Well, I like what Sandy Rio says. You know, and not all the other gay people listening to my show. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, the fucking legions of gay fans that Sandy Rios has. Right. They're all in there furiously voting against their own freedom. <laughs> They're voting against their own best interests. Fuck this, yeah. I hate me. <laughs> I'm intolerant of me. <laughs> Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. 
or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash dissonance pod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big heartfelt glory hold to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So this story comes from the Friendly Atheist blog. License? Registration? Have you accepted Jesus as your personal savior? Um, this is a story about uh, Indiana, Cecil, our uh, neighboring state. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out if you get pulled over um, for passing another car illegally, you may be harassed by the popo asking you where your church was and whether or not you had accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Because conversion at the point of a gun is how they do shit in Indiana. What what it really is is the conversion, I think, at the, at the threat of a ticket. Right. You know, because that's what it feels like to me is more like, you know, because if, and, and this is, I think this this author of this blog gets it perfectly when they say, you know, I would just say yes anyway just so he would leave me alone. Like, even if I wasn't, I wouldn't come out and be like, no, I'm an atheist. If he was like, hey, have you accepted Lord to Jesus? I'd be like, N- I would never say I'm an atheist. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I have. I'm a born again, what do you call yourself? Right. Hey, whatever you are, I'm one of those. I'm one of those plus. So whatever you have, I do that even better. Here's somebody who's standing at your car window with a gun on their hip, a fucking taser. The ability to arrest you, the ability to ruin the next, certainly the ability to ruin your day. Like they have, they are standing there and they're basically asking you questions um, that they have no fucking business asking you. And they have the ability to make your day quite awful, quite unbelievably terribly bad. Um, And it's just, it's just absolutely insane to me that somebody's standing there um, asking them like, where's your church? And then you see, they do read about the pamphlet. The pamphlet was like outlines God's plan for salvation in a four-point list that advises the reader to realize you're a sinner. I'll fucking tell this guy. I seriously would just fucking tell this guy whatever he wanted to hear. Yep. Like, whatever you want to hear, man, that's it. Like, if he's like, hey, do you know you're a sinner? It's like, "Mm, you got a gun on your hip and I don't. Sure. Is it a sin to go 67 and a 55? (laughs) Where is that? Where is that in the Bible? Like, what is that like fucking book of department of transportation or what where does that come in and verily when the vehicle is invented thou shalt not yeah okay that's (laughs) not in there i'm not i'm pretty sure let's turn to the book of the rules of the road (laughs) thou must hold your hands at 10 and 2 this this comes from the book of dmv (laughs) (laughs) remember to have a good space cushion in between you and the car in front of you and yay shall thee pass on the left but never on the right no the right is satan's lane thou shall not pass in satan's lane (laughs) the right is unclean and an abomination (laughs) to the lord
So we're back with uh, Bill and Susie from Barroom Atheist. Uh, guys, if people have never heard of you, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Well, you know, we're a husband and wife duo. We do the show Barroom Atheist because we thought that atheism and alcohol don't have enough of a congruence. <laughs> and we wanted to, to... No, actually, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs> but it sounds good, doesn't it? We do the show. Um, what started it was... Our first atheist convention a couple of years ago, we were sitting in the bar. My wife was a brand new atheist, like a month out of the closet, and I hauled her to a convention. And she didn't understand a lot of the things people were talking about, and she felt a little uncomfortable asking in that group. And she feels a little, felt a little uncomfortable when theists would come back at her with things. So I, we decided to start a show, and that was the genesis of the show, was to answer those questions that maybe newer atheists would be afraid to ask. Right. You know, so when they're in the bar room, they can interact either with other atheists or with the obnoxious theist, whatever. Right. It's like you're sitting on a bar stool and somebody comes up and sits next to you and says, hey, you know, how you doing? And then you get into a conversation about religion. They find out you're an atheist and eventually you're an enemy of the state. <laughs> so they start asking you a million questions. And I was scared because I didn't know, I didn't know anything. So I didn't know any comebacks. I didn't know there were words. There were um, apologetics that I, I had no idea what they were. And I had never read the Bible. And I didn't know how to respond to believers. So I said, you know, I, it'd be cool if we could, like, you could teach me on the show. Because I'm so young and I, in atheism and I'm so new. And so I just made Bill my teacher, and we just put it on a podcast. That's a cool concept, yeah. So I would point out, though, that um, don't feel uh, you know, at a disadvantage for not having read the Bible. I would say that most believers have not read the Bible either. Yeah, but- I can say that now, too, because we actually do read the Bible, and we're going from, from beginning to end. We just finished the middle of Job. We're, Job. we're going to finish oh, Job, Job next week. Job, too. yeah. I can't stand the word Job. Because it needs an E. Yeah. If you're going to call it Job, you need an E. Right. And if you're fucking omnipotent and writing a book, you should foresee the, the fact that it needs exactly. a fucking E. Exactly. Yeah. So it's Job. But we're, or an we're, umlaut or something. <laughs> you know. So we're, we're reading the Bibles, and now there, are actually, there have actually been a couple times when people have come to me. Like we had a Jehovah's Witness come to the door, and she was trying to teach Bill— about she was trying to witness to Bill and tell him about the Bible and stuff. And I said, oh, so you're a Bible literalist. I said, you read the Bible? And, she's, and she said, yes, but no. And because I was just thinking, I don't remember if I said it or not, but I was thinking about that she couldn't teach my husband anything because she was a woman, you know? I don't like... <laughs> it's like Second Timothy I mean, that's something. in yeah. the Bible. Yeah, You know, right. it's in, I think it's in the book of James. No, it's in... Um... It's somewhere in there. Romans. Romans. I think. So I was I was telling her that, that she can't teach me anything because she's a woman. And she can't teach Bill because she's a woman. And see, I couldn't do that before. I didn't even know that was in there. Oh, and by the way, David from David and Goliath, he was my hero until I actually read the Bible and read how bad he was. And now what do you think of him? He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> What about the claymation Davy? Are you still down on claymation Davy, or is he still? 
Do you remember so, him? No. No? Okay. All right. Yeah. So that, we'll just edit that out. That <laughs> no, we're flat. keeping it in. God what damn What fucking awkward silence. We're keeping that shit in there. <laughs> it was really, you should have seen the smoke coming out of my ears because I was really thinking about just that. Just thinking, oh shit, is this some apologetic thing I don't yeah. know about? Yeah, clay, they had claymation back in the day. It was... They, they they did the claymation, but they just had no way to film it, so it just took a long time to yeah. scribe it on the stone. <laughs> they had, like, the the heaviest flip books That's ever. Just <laughs> clack, 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 clack. Awesome. So how, what is that? Uh, walk me through an episode of your show. Standard episode, we'll do... Well, we do a lot like you guys. We do... We highlight some news. Then in the middle, we sometimes have a guest or an interview or or do it like a counter, counter-apologetic. I'll pick something, and we'll we'll do it. You know, like, I'll pull... I think the week ago we pulled Matt Slick, one of Matt Slick's videos, and we just went through the damn thing and said, "This is why this is bullshit," and this—that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching people what, what, how to call bullshit on stuff. Yeah. So we do that, and then we finish up with the Bible, and then we do, you know, non-standard shows. Like our last show was, um, we, ladies' night. Was ladies' night? I had four ladies uh, just take over my show, and I turned my microphone off. And let them talk about you know women in atheism. Girl stuff, yeah. It was nice. it was a good show. I got to nice. speak with um, Shannon Nebo and Amanda Brown and Ashley Townsend from No Religion Required, and we sat and talked about feminism in atheism because I'm not really schooled on that either. So I learned a lot. Yeah, it was wicked cool. It had uh, you know very different opinions from four different women so it was it was really you cool know, I, I like the idea that you you're come at the show from a you know hey i'm gonna i'm gonna do this show and we're gonna learn on air rather than i'm gonna be the expert you know that's that's because most shows most atheist shows come on as i'm the expert i've got all the things to say i've got all the answers and i like the approach that that you guys are taking where it's like hey you know i've i'm like everybody else i've got plenty to learn we're just going to sort of broadcast this learning process. We're going to broadcast our learning curve as we go. It's a very honest approach. I appreciate that. Thanks. I think I think that is exactly what I'm trying to do, too, because the whole idea of the show was Bill's. Bill wanted to do a podcast because he said, I have something to say, and I just got to get it off my chest, and maybe we'll put it out there. And then he said, you know, Susie, you want to sit in with me? And I was like, sure, you can teach me something. And then it just it just grew from there. And people have emailed us and, and told us, like, they appreciate, like, Bill explaining things to me because it explains things to them. Because I need stuff sometimes not to insult myself, but I like I need stuff really dumbed down sometimes. You have to speak in small Susie speak so I can understand things. Yeah, whatever half of that speak is is kind of the level I'm operating at, so I feel <laughs> you. Well, and somebody new is not going to pick up Hitchens and go, oh, okay, I get all this. You know, somebody just... Somebody who's maybe religion has set off their bullshit detector is not going to jump right to the four horsemen, usually. So that's yeah. what we're, we're kind of a gateway drug. Yeah. So that's what we nice. That's us. Nice. So you, uh, you said... That Susie was uh, was a brand new atheist. What did you? Were you a religious before, or were you just not anything, and then kind of realized you were an atheist? No, I was. I grew up in a Nazarene church with my parents, who were extremely religious, and I was what I considered myself. I think it's the weak link when you say that you're spiritual and not religious anymore, because I considered myself spiritual because. After I moved out of my parents' house, I stopped going to church, but I had my own personal relationship with God, and he was, it was my concept of God, and 
I did everything that I could that I thought was was right by the Bible that I'd never read and by the teachings of Jesus, which I'd never really paid attention to. But I was I was extremely religious. Like I went to basic training and I took God with me because I couldn't have got through basic training in the Air Force if it wasn't having God to talk to every day. Things like that. So that's where it started. And then when Bill and I married, Bill was a very closeted atheist and I was very religious and we kind of lived like that for a while. And then when Bill started coming out as as an atheist a little more, he started getting he started listening to podcasts. He started doing things. Then he went to this he went to this thing called the Reason Rally and I was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, fine, I'll drop you off and you just go to your silly meeting or whatever and um, I don't have fun, do your own little thing. I don't even care. Just leave me alone with it. And then when he came back from the Reason Rally, he was more outspoken and he was more um, open with being an atheist. And I didn't so even you know can what say it, I was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've really always was. been an asshole, but yeah. Yeah, but it kind of came out because he started doing things like he would play podcasts in the car when I was in there, and I, w- I had absolutely no interest in listening to any of them. I, was just, I don't want to hear them, you know? And so we had to have a talk. I, I took him to dinner and sat him down one day, and we had to have a talk because um, he was going down a path I couldn't follow. And and I um there's another star wars for you guys <laughs> and i told him that it, it i the only way we were going to get through this the only way we were going to stay married and happy is if he um i called it didn't kick my puppy because i believe this way and i'm fine believing this way but if you start telling me stuff that that insults the way i believe then we're going to have trouble and i don't really know I guess he made me start thinking because he had said, okay, fine, but he didn't really hold anything back. So I, I started getting interested in things that he was hearing and, and seeing. And I, one day I pulled out, um, his copy of the reason rally. He had the DVD and I was watching it and I was watching all the people on there and I was really starting to open up and listen to, to some things they had to say. And I just, I decided that I'm just too smart to listen to all this crap anymore and believe that it's actually true. And I really don't think I believe that this is true anymore. So it was kind of, it was like a switch because I was sitting there and I, I wrote this little blog post and I told Bill, I said, I really don't want to push send right here because if I push send right here, that that's going to make it all true. And like I, I pushed the enter key and like declared my atheism. You know, and that was, wait, the 12th of July in 2012. Wow. That's recent. Yeah. That's what, when you said the reason rally, I was, I was, I was like, wow, this is very recent then. Yeah. Um, he, um, I was still way a believer when he went to the reason rally and he just wouldn't shut up about it when he came home. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I gotta, and you know, for your listeners, just important thing not to do ever. When your wife sits you down to have a serious talk and tells you you're going down a path I don't follow. <laughs> I can't follow. Don't bring up, hey, that's the line from <laughs> the third Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> because some reason they get angry when you do oh, that. Man. Yeah, that's that's a really hard place to be 
uh, I know that um, that I had a lot of the same thoughts when I first sort of realized that I didn't believe. I had a very similar experience where I, I kind of wished that I did. I had these moments that I wished that I did because it was so easy. It was real simple and it it was uh, very comforting. And then, uh, you know, you, you eventually just say, well, there's no, I mean, there's no way you can go back. Like once you step forward and you say, okay, I really don't believe this stuff, you can't convince yourself anymore. Exactly. You're just You're done. done. So that I, I, I understand that that metaphor, that sending of that blog post, because you're really just declaring you're like, OK, I know I really don't believe. And then that's the, that's the diving board. That's the step off. And you're, there's no way getting back up there. Yep. So when you did hit that, when you did hit enter, when you declared, um, did you get a lot of pushback or are you because you're from a religious family, right? Well, um, that was another thing, too. I think that my declaring my atheism kind of coincided with my last parent not being around anymore because mm. oh, gotcha. my, my dad died in 2006, my mom died in 2009, and my stepdad died in June of 2012. So I thought, I think that was, I don't know, I, I, I didn't want to disappoint my mother because I keep telling myself, even like a couple of days ago, I was saying, you know, if my mom was alive right now, she'd be so mad at me. I don't even know what I'd do. You don't think she'd listen to the show? No, I don't think no? she'd listen to the show. <laughs> I have a picture that I that I showed Bill the other day. And my mother, when I was like eight, baked a cake that said, Happy Birthday Jesus on it. She wow. made a Jesus birthday cake. Wow. Was wow. he like on a cross? Is it like a cross cake with Jesus on it? No, it was actually a wreath. She made oh. a wreath with Happy Birthday Jesus. She- she crucified him on a wreath? How does that work? Yeah. It had like a crown of thorns and there was like blood coming out of it. It was really gross. And you know, uh, I grew up Catholic and it even grossed me out. So there you uh, go. That's awesome. So so Bill, what what was it that made you want to go to the Reason Rally if you were kind of qu- like closeted? I wasn't really well, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was cl- closeted as much as I was apathetic. I see. Um I was in the when I was in the military, I just didn't talk about it. And gotcha. most people in the military really don't talk about religion. That was my experience. It just isn't something that comes up every day. You know, you go to work, you, you work, and that's it. So I got out, I retired, and then, you know, I was sitting here, and I'm reading about Jessica Alquist. You remember when her thing yeah, was yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. absolutely. Okay, and I'm sitting here going, here's this kid, right, standing up for the Constitution, standing up for what's right and pushing back, and I'm being quiet. So I decided, you know what? I'm not going to be quiet anymore. I'm going I'm to at least show up one time and say, you know, I'm one of them. I, I need to be counted here. And that's why I went to the Reason Rally, like just got on a bus and went. And you know he's famous for that too now, right? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually in The Unbelievers. He actually has a part in The Unbelievers. Do you really? Really? Yes, at one hour and 25 seconds. <laughs> You have to be quick because by one hour and 27 seconds, I'm gone. (laughs) But if you look into the crowd, you'll see the big Jesus. I'm the guy to the left. (laughs) With the the long hair and the red hat on. And I wrote to um, Richard Dawkins and Lawrence Krauss and asked them, you know, could they amend the credits to put me in? You know, Bill Robbins, guy to the left of Jesus. Yeah. No. As of yet, I haven't got a response. I don't no. know what's going on with that yet. <laughs> they, their secretaries is, are slow. I would expect one soon, though. Don't absolutely. worry about it. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually think they're going to recall all of the prior like DVDs and everything so they can make the amendment. So uh, so 
on your show, we're talking about your podcast again, like who's been the uh, some of your favorite guests that you've had? Because you guys have guest bartenders all the time. Yeah, well, the guest bartender thing is something we started. Susie was out. She was not healthy for a while. So rather than have me carry the show on myself, we kind of brought in a third voice, just a guest person every time. Uh, best guest bartender. I don't want to say best, but uh, one of the one ones memorable, I... Memorable. Yeah, don't say best, but then like the one you like the most <laughs> in favor of all others. They've all been fantastic, but I, I would say the most memorable was Shelly. Well, that's because Bill is really fanboy over Shelly Siegel. I am Shelley really fanboy over Shelly Siegel. And she was fantastic. She's absolutely a friend of the show now. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. She taught me what a Nashira pole is, and I didn't know. <laughs> what a what is? A Nashira pole. See, nobody knows this, but Shelly knows. Um, Ashira pole, Ashira was um, apparently Yahweh's woman. Yeah. She was his bitch. Because they talk and about Ashira poles in the Bible. Yeah. And they talk about taking down the Asherah poles. And I just thought it was some kind of wood. Yep. But apparently they were poles to Yahweh's girlfriend. Who knew? Who knew? Huh. But yeah, Shelly Siegel was our was, was amazing um, having her on. But we've interviewed uh, we had, Jerry DeWitt. We, went, we had a conference here in Philadelphia. Yeah, that was awesome. And, Seth Andrews was And here. Seth Andrews, Jerry DeWitt, and Shelly Siegel all sat down for interviews with us. That was... I think that was my most entertaining bit. So if people were going to find your show, where would they look? They could look at www.barroomatheist.com. They could find us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, the usual. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And uh, and hopefully people will come and, and check out your show. Uh, we look forward to being on it soon, too. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. It was a real pleasure. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So we want to thank Bill and Susie from the Barroom Atheist. You can find their show, barroomatheist.com. They have a podcast. We're going to be on their podcast soon. We'll let you know when that comes out. Uh, We had a great time talking to them tonight, uh, both on our show, and we we also visited them and hung out on their show. So if you get a chance, check them out, barroomatheist.com. Uh, it really does feel like a conversation if you're sitting somewhere in a bar. It's it's really I think I think it it has that it certainly has that feel to it. So if you like that sort of thing, you'll certainly enjoy their show. And it was such a pleasure to be on their show and to have them on to just really genuine nice people. So that wraps it up for this time. We're gonna come out again next Monday. So uh, we're gonna leave you as always until then with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy healing, water downward spiral, brain dead pan sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this.
The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.